Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here. Welcome to our guest segment of our show here on KYH. Of course, you may be hearing this on YouTube, Global Star, and also too on Red State Talk Radio. So we are all over the place, and that's because we're trying to reach as many people as possible. And uh, we have a really important show for you, an informative show for you, to tell you about the 51st State Movement and the upcoming conference that yours truly, that would be me, I'll be out there covering this. And I'll uh, be very excited to be there and get to spend some time with our guest that will be up here in a minute, Paul Preston and uh, Christy Street, the Vice President, Mike Huckabee. I mean, you're going to hear all about the conference tonight and what it entails. And it's really, really important to the future of America that this happens. Well, we, as you heard in the intro, we're brought to you by Noble Gold, the very best in gold conversion of your assets. Also, you can buy gold from Noble Gold, and I recommend doing a lot of that because your banks may not be around if the coronavirus hits here in a hard way. So you really want to diversify, and gold and silver do it. Gold's been holding its value for 6,000 years. Give them a call, and they'll tell you how easy it is to do and how inexpensively you can do it. 877-646-5347, 877-646-5347. Also, too, food and water, right? You need food, water, guns, gold, ammo, medicine, and tools as a first-level prepper kit. And we can help you with the food and the water. And we represent two companies that are lowering prices rather than price gouging. Price gouging, ladies and gentlemen. They're lowering the prices nearly 40%. Waterwithdave.com for the very best in the AquaPure water filter. And listen, they got research on the website at waterwithdave.com. Check it out. And like I said, the discount's great. And you'll be saving lives because the Naval War College says the number one loss of life cause in the fourth day and subsequent to that in a crisis is what? Waterborne illness. Waterwithdave.com. And of course, we got the best storable food company in the world. Restaurant quality, 25-year shelf life, preparewithdave.com. So that's waterwithdave.com, preparewithdave.com. And we got you prepped for the remainder of this hour. We have paid our bills. But ladies and gentlemen, more importantly, we feel like we're helping you prep. Well, Paul Preston's been a guest on this show many, 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 many times. He's the president of the New California Movement. You might be able to hear him a little bit there in the background as he's getting ready to come on board. He is going to be hosting a conference that we're going to talk a lot about. He's also the host of the popular radio show, Agenda 21 Radio. And the website, Agenda21Radio.net. And so he's all over the map as well. And, uh, Paul, I'm glad you could join us. And, man, I can't believe the conference is almost here. Yeah, it's um, it's almost here. It's happening. And uh, New California is moving forward. Much of, you know, Unlike all these other uh, the talk about it, you know, states being taken or counties being taken up by other states and stuff, uh, we're the real deal. And we're the only real deal since 1861. Uh, which we're going to form the new state called New California out here in California, and so it's it, you know this is like this is like uh, every day I pinch myself and say this is happening because we can actually see it happening, and more so as we get closer now to the sixth constitutional convention. I say number six. A lot of people haven't been hearing about us. We've been just kind of staying under the radar. We're just busy getting to work to forming a new state. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of hard work, due diligence on a lot of people's part. And um, it's happening. You know, it's, uh, the dream is coming true of a 51st state. And we anticipate, now listen to this, ladies and gentlemen, we anticipate that we will be um, <clears throat> forming the new California state in real earnest. Probably sometime after summer, we will go through the process of, of um, being a, um, 
you know, being the bidder, basically, when you know, Article 4, Section 3 of the Constitution requires that we meet and greet, basically, with the state legislature, which is what we're going to do. But we anticipate that we'll be through the state legislative process by the end of summer, going into uh, September, October, November. And then after November, after the election, we'll be going on to Congress. So we're well on our way, Dave. Um, we're in, I, I say, the third quarter. If you're talking about basketball or football, we're in the third quarter right now. And um, it's working. It is absolutely incredible to see. And we just got off our um, phone call. We had, a, you know, about 150, 157 people on the call tonight. Uh, we're breaking out all over the place. Now we have 56 counties now involved in New California. There's only 58 counties in New California, in California at all. But uh, we've taken up all the rural areas of a number of counties. So that's how, how we get to that number. But it's it's spectacular. This is the founding fathers. Um, you know, we're living in a time in which we've resurrected the the, uh, the the Constitution and what the founding fathers had as an ideal replacement for a dictatorship. The totalitarian, a tyrant, uh, is what we're you know tyranny is what we're facing out here in California. So it's pretty exciting stuff. I mean, this is just incredible stuff. What uh, percentage of the counties have signed up for New California? How many out of how many? Well, there's 58 counties, and we have got signed up of the 58 counties, either whole or part of the counties. We have gotten signed up 56 of them. Wow! Wow! So you know that means like Los Angeles County. Um, there's rural Los Angeles, which is the northern part of Los Angeles, Sacramento County. There's the rural uh, northeast and southern portions of Sacramento that we've claimed for New California. Um, this is, you know, just basically the trend. We just picked up Napa and Sonoma, or excuse me, Napa in Marin counties in the rural areas. And, of course, uh, Marin and Napa both had, they're basically rural counties, except for some urbanized areas. And, of course, you know, Marin in the south is very very rural or excuse me urban but everything else is is very very urban you've got the headlands and of course the 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 great drake's bay oyster company which was just destroyed by the park service um very ritualistically almost satanically uh those that whole area is now part of new california so once we get statehood that they'll never touch that area again it'll never be touched by the state of california and uh, ruined uh, so there's a there's a lot of this sort of thing going on so we have 56 either whole or part counties of, new, of california as part of new california today at this point in time how many are whole <clears throat> well you've got um it's a good question i'm going to drop my handy dandy little map and i think it's a, of the whole counties we've got 52 That's 51 excuse me 51 counties that are whole counties I, I guess I don't understand how the 56 counties or 52 counties can't outvote the other two or six. It's population. The whole notion of what we've done, New California versus Old California, you know, California has 40 million people. And when we looked at it to form New California, we looked at you know, how do you divide it up? You know, because everybody's saying, well, we want to divide up, you know, California. Well, what what does that mean? And everybody says, well, we want Republican here. We want Democrats here. We want Libertarians there. You know, so they started going down political lines. They said, no, that's not that's not a qualifier. I, I don't I really don't believe that. 
I said, uh, you know, we got to look a little bit deeper at what you know drives the, the state. If you're gonna, if you're gonna do it and divide it up by a second state, it should be done by population. Fifty-fifty split would be equitable, you would think. And so um, when we started looking at it, it was pretty impossible to get to fifty-fifty based upon the borders, the boundaries, and so on. But there was one way in which we could get to fifty-fifty, or we could get to parity close to 50-50, and that was as if we divided up the state based upon rural versus urban. So in other words, you know, there's a great deal of urbanized area in Los Angeles, San Francisco, and Sacramento. And that urbanized area represents around 20 million people. The rest of California, um, which is about 85% of the land mass, represents about 19.5 million people. Okay. So you get parity. It just so happens that when you get parity, uh, one size, the state on one size is bigger than the other. But you get parity, population parity. Hmm. Not yeah. a bad deal, huh? Not a bad deal. And I also would suggest to you that if this 51st state becomes a reality, the 50th state will eventually implode because of who's in it and the economic condition of those cities. Well, I, you know, we're we're, um, are, we're more magnanimous in New California. We don't want to uh, see that to happen. You know, of course, we're going to do whatever we can to make it, you know, in this whole negotiation process to make it a win-win situation for both New California and California. California um, is really fast becoming uh, quite accessible for a lot of different reasons. And we think that by coming alongside as New California, we'll be able to uh, straighten that whole issue out. This It's a social business more than anything else that's driving everything that's a, a negative factor for, for California. We think that by the time we're done with negotiations and becoming the new California, uh, there's going to be an enlightenment and a change in old California where they'll be much more compatible with the rest of the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, but that means they'll have to cast off people like Javier Becerra and some of these other. Absolutely. <laughs> and do you, do you really but that's what that means. That's exactly what it means. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But as much as I'd like to see that, and I know you would too, uh, isn't there an obstacle between what should happen and what can happen? Well, there is, um, and that obstacle is financial for the most part. But um, the obstacle of being financially insolvent for California is a very real one, and it's getting worse every day. And, of course, the news is spreading very quickly about California not being able to fund itself any longer. And when that happens, uh, it's going to be not an obstacle at all, but a pathway uh, to negotiations where we can come to a reasonable solution as to how to make it but work for both New California and California. And, uh, you know, we under, we have the brain trust in New California on how to make a thriving economy, whereas California has, obviously, they have no clue because they're socialist slash communist. They don't understand how to make it all work. But, you know, following what's going on with Donald Trump, I mean, it's pretty obvious, you know, Donald Trump was following the model and, and again, remodeled, reshaped after Ronald Reagan of the 1980s. Mm -hmm. The system works, and we're going to make it work in New California as well. And I'm sure that the federal government, uh, with a lot of tutelage and, and support from the federal government for New California, will, in fact, make it happen. How long before it's common knowledge, I mean, in the public, it's printed in the mainstream media, that California has about a $320 billion debt and that they can't pay the bills. I think you're going to see that 
um, I, I was thinking that was this was a, these were events that were going to start to re- really surface in California sometime in um, you know September, but it's very very clear our own Chris Street projected that these events would really start to show themselves in in March and April, primarily April of this next year. It looks like his trajectory is um, advancing now. I mean, their their numbers of not having any money, and of course, the latest reports that we got from these these uh, various nonprofits that are suing California to find out what's really in the records, uh, because as you know, um, the uh, Yee Betty Yee, who is an auditor controller, has not been reporting since March of last year. Actually, February, but had failed to report in March what the income and what the expenditures are of the state of California. I mean, this is by law that she has to comply and she's failed since then to do that. So that's called a clue. And so now you have some nonprofits that are suing California for the information. And some of the revelations that we're hearing about is that California is suffering, right? Or she cannot, um, Betty Yee cannot account for $320 billion worth of spending. Can't account for it. Just got no records. $320 $320 billion in California from last year in 2019. Now, I, you know, Dave, I, my checkbook is really thin. I think if I, if I would notice that if there was $320 billion missing from my checkbook, wouldn't you? My wife would notice if there was $3.20 missing. <laughs> Well, I don't have a wife, but I get you, brother. Yeah, well, that's, that's that's how we got to be debt free. I mean, you know, we, pay <laughs> right. ca- we pay cash for everything, and, and my wife's middle name is Miser. Thank God. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, three hundred and twenty billion. I mean, someone should have been pooping bricks long before now. Well, you know, this is what the Trump administration already knows. So how do you, I, I don't know how they fill that hole. I mean, and of course what they've done, and, and this was something that we thought that they would do and they did it. But, um, you know, we know that if you're going to run the government of California, just run the government, it, talk, it, it costs around $26 billion. And so what they did is they talked about advancing, this is Jerry Brown, before he left office in 2017, they saw, they talked about advancing the primary up by three months from June to March, and of course we we knew exactly what they were doing. Sure, doing and sure enough, um, I trotted all the typical usual suspects for California uh, fiscal abuse, and that they decided that they were going to run a proposition that would issue bonds uh, for school uh, construction. And that would amount to, uh, at the end of the day, about $27 billion. So that would be their money that they would use. Now, they actually advanced the elections to do make that happen. And, of course, listen, go ahead. Hey, guys, go right ahead. Get the bonds approved. Of course, we're telling people don't do that. Get, but if they did get those bonds approved, man, I don't know. But I'm going to do some real simple math for folks. If you take $27 billion away from $320 billion, that leaves you a grand total of about $293 billion that they cannot find. They can't account for it. That's called a big hole, isn't it, Dave? Yeah, but shouldn't this be the subject to some kind of legal investigation? Shocking. You should say that. Well, okay. <laughs> In an era where Hillary got away with violating national security laws with regard to emails 44,000 times, I have to ask the question. 
I'm not I'm not throwing you a softball. Where the hell are the Royal Mounted Police? <laughs> Where's the FBI? <laughs> you know, where's your neighborhood well, detective? I mean, what's going on here? I think you need to understand there has to be a coordinated design to make this all happen. Because I think at the end of the day, what we're talking about here is uh, what's going to give the president justification to realize that California is a failed state. It's in a state of insurrection. And for the president to declare California in a state of insurrection and actually make um, insurrection act activity happen, which would mean bring, bringing in the military to um, basically set up a new government. Okay. And I believe that's going to happen. So let's go down that avenue for a second, the Insurrection Act. Doesn't insurrection mean that people are rising up and they're in the streets and burning cars and, and occupying government buildings? Isn't that insurrection? And how does that all play into this? Well, you know, yes. And, you know, the uh, last time we saw the Insurrection Act being enforced was, of course, during the L.A. riots in the 90s. Yes. I happened to have been in Southern California and enjoyed the riots, I guess you can say. Saw everything firsthand and experienced. I was a school administrator, so, you know, I had a lot of, lot of contact with the insurrection itself. Um, and, of course, that lasted for several weeks. And finally, George W. Bush brought in the military and by the way i, I always um if you want a, a little bit of a, a key point if um because i was living at the time i was living in your and i lived up on the hillsides and we had like a you know basically a, a a spectator seat to see what was happening in the valley with all the fires burning in the aircraft and all this other good stuff but in the movie independence day there's a scene where helicopters come flying in over the foothills into the basin and that actually happened in 1992 with this whole thing in L.A. That, that, that scene is exactly as I recall, because I, I can remember when this whole thing started going down, when they brought in the military as a result of this, when, they, when George Bush had everything set up. When they brought it all in, the house started shaking. And I was thinking, you know, what is this? I was uh, uh, sometime in the morning and I was making a sandwich. And I looked at my wife and we, the house started shaking. Well, it was helicopters that were coming up over the ridge lines and then descending into the basin. And uh, I remember that vividly because the next thing that started happening is they started bringing in all these large transport planes and doing slow fly across the basin to try and bring people under control, which worked, by the way. Um, but now that that's the type of thing where you have a lot of violence and so on going on in the streets. There's another type of um, what leads to violent insurrection, and of course, that's if you have financial insurrection. And people minute, are I gotta, actually I, I, I gotta interrupt crazy. you, Paul. I gotta interrupt you here. Do you hear that noise in the background? You got like ET phoning home there. I mean, what's going on? No, that's that's my girl dogs complaining that I'm oh. not paying enough attention. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I, I heard that, and I go, "Oh my, that's very okay." Interesting sounding dog. Okay, I have three well, myself. They're they're just struggling, you know. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, I'm well, on tell the them to shut up. We're on the air, okay? So <laughs> tell your dogs to act respectfully. I know. Anyway, um, so there's another variety of insurrection, of course. And that's the financial one, which could lead to a lot of violence, and that's exactly what will happen. The president's keenly aware of that, and um, you know we've been declaring over 95 weeks, uh, 95 uh, grievances over 96 weeks that we are in a state of insurrection we've been actually praying that the that the uh, governor or the president declare insurrection and uh, i know that he's very keenly aware of our grievances that we filed and about our request for insurrection act 
I, I would not be surprised within the next 60 days that the president actually pulls a trigger on insurrection. Wow. So what would that look like? Um, well, I, there's a, a great article on, on agenda, or excuse me, NewCaliforniaState.com written by Harlan Reynolds. This is the University of Tennessee. He wrote this just a few weeks after we declared independence as New California. And um, you go to the article and it says New California can happen. There's a button right on the website. NCS can happen, is happening. And it describes this whole process that uh, if Insurrection Act is declared, what will happen? And uh, he theorizes in his scenario that what will happen is that there will be a financial collapse in California. The governor will call in the, how, the assembly and the, the Senate to a special meeting. And in this special meeting, he's going to ask that CalPERS pensions um, and the CalSTRS pensions will be folded over and taken over by the California state government so that they can continue to function as a government. But what happens, lo and behold, is that the public is outraged by the request and the assembly members in the Senate on the day that they're supposed to show up, take off and they don't show up. They, mm -hmm. they absent themselves, called absent themselves from the state. And so it, it's preventing a quorum so that the legislature, which is supposed to slash pension payouts, could not be passed. I mean, it's just kind of simple. You saw this example, actually, and I believe um, this example happened in Oregon for a couple of different bills. One was the the um, vaccines bill, and the other one was for the California, like the California Air Resources Board CARB bill. And um, the the state the Republicans, the senators of the state of Oregon, uh, the Republicans absented themselves so that they would not be able to to have a quorum and pass these bills. I think he actually got it from this article. But anyway, uh, in this article, it goes on to say that the uh, absence for all these people, which, by the way, when when legislators absence them, themselves and they pull this kind of stunt, the governor pulls out the card that he can have them all arrested. So he issues a warrants for their arrest to the California Highway Patrol, of course. They're long gone. They're, they're now, you know, in Reno, Nevada, or Las Vegas, Nevada. They're not around. Or Sinaloa. So what, what, yeah, they just say they're out of here. But the bottom line to it, is that uh, they they don't show up and the state continues to you know wallow in its debt and after a couple of months chaos starts to develop and this is where the key thing is chaos if it starts to develop uh, in the in, in and around the state then the president will definitely step in and he's going to as it says in this article the new legislature and officials were quickly uh, this is what the absence stretched into days and weeks as the state government largely shut down for lack of funding and seizing on this moment 34 counties from the eastern and rural parts of what was then California organized themselves and sent representatives to Fresno where those representatives declared themselves the new official California General Assembly. That's exactly what happened in the case of um, West Virginia uh, declaring that there would be a restored government of Virginia. And what happened, is, or what's going to happen in this situation is that um, the new California state legislature, which we've already done all this, all the work for it, uh, will actually act in lieu and actually form a restored government of California. And at that point in time, he says that this, what will happen is that the troops from the 101st Airborne Division will be sent to Fresno to ensure that the so-called leftovers of the old failed state of government, California, were unable to cause trouble for new California. 
And um, we think that that's exactly the scenario that's going to happen. We think that the president will call in troops to protect the new California state government. Well, I guess that would take care of your need and constitutional requirement to meet face-to-face with old California. That's correct. That's exactly what it would do. And I think the probability of this happening with the Insurrection Act is about 85% at this point in time. And I look in the next 60 days that there's going to be a judgment as to whether or not that's going to happen. I think an insurrection won't just happen in California. I think that insurrection is going to happen in other states. And I think that uh, even more than that, that the Cal- that's, that uh, the President of the United States will declare that all cartels are terrorist organizations. You just caught me off guard with that. That was the pregnant pause that you just heard. Oh, man, that would be incredible. Right. Um, My phone's ringing off the hook right now. I want to yeah, <laughs> see why. I don't know. Let me ask you, and this is a side turn, and we'll come back to this theme here, but recently Philip Haney, a man who right. exposed Muslim Brotherhood wrongdoings and infiltration into DHS. I've written articles to this effect. Thank goodness I'm alive. But he died under very suspicious circumstances. Right. Ex-DHS right. whistleblower testified before Congress. Um, is this in any way related to what we're talking about in your humble opinion? I think it's a warning shot to everybody who's involved with New California not to progress any further. Was he a supporter of New California? I, I don't know, but I know that his body was found in a very in, interesting location <clears throat> in one of the counties of New California. Can you talk about that? No. <laughs> I'd love to, but I can't because I don't, I don't, I'm not armed with all the information. But to me, it's a pretty obvious statement that... Uh, Mr. Haney was was knocked off, and uh, it's a double, you know, because we've been we've been driving up and down the state and talking to all these different places, and it's pretty obvious that Mr. Haney, um, who has known connections to understanding about um, so many things during the Obama administration, especially the Islamic influence on the various and sundry shootings, which uh, I would allude to San, uh, San Bernardino County, San Bernardino, County, yep, that's San right. Bernardino, and. Uh, of course, the Pulse nightclub, which in which, you know, people don't understand that the Islamic ties are just absolutely incredible. And he brought this all to light. So the, the cover up for that right now to occur is, um, I believe, very paramount. But the, here's the bigger thing. Haney gets into and I knew I, I was understanding he was going to get into this, in this in the book to the Ukrainian ties to Obama. Oh, boy. Yeah. And uh, I'm going down that avenue right now with a possible Air Force One transport of Hunter Biden to the CHICOMs with F-35 technology and, underline the end, bioweapons. Well, there's a lot to be found out about Hunter Biden, uh, Joe Biden, Air Force One. You know, there's certain key members in the Air Force One crew um, that have been murdered right after the Obama administration shut down. Uh, Members that were capable of knowing everywhere that Air Force One went and what people they talked to and so on that have also turned up murdered. That's just recently. I'm not at liberty to share names, but that is an actual fact. 
Well, on the day of the acquittal, senators Grassley, independently of each other, and Johnson, they had committees make inquiries of uh, Secret Service travel records for Hunter Biden to China and Ukraine. Sounds like they know what we know. Right. Now, that deadline for producing the records is passed. Do we know anything? Well, they didn't get them up. <laughs> oh, they, oh, really? How about that's, that's called the Senate? a clue. That's yeah. called a clue. <laughs> You're ki- I didn't know that. Where did you see that they didn't give them up? My understanding is they never gave the information to the to the to the panel. I could be wrong. I I just have not heard. The last time I checked and was told that they hadn't given them up. So and I have not checked. So they may have given them up. I'm not sure. I just don't know. But that's what I know so far. I'm telling you what I do know. But. Well, that's interesting because those records were due on February the 19th. Right. Um, and that's the same day that uh, Haney was killed. It's also the same day that Donald Trump was down in California's Kern County saying he's going to take out uh, Gavin Newsom as governor of California if he doesn't behave. I saw that. Is there anything specific that underlies that comment by the president? No, other than um, if you take and look at the totality of what's going on in California and what's going on with the California state government, it makes perfect sense. Most people Mm -hmm. understand that what he said makes perfect sense. That's why New California is here. We, we fully anticipate that we're going to be in charge of the government here not too long and uh, that the old California will be a relic. There won't be a, an old California government. All these, all the, the current Assembly, Senate, um, executive, the bureaucrat, they'll all be gone. There'll be a, a whole new California government. I want to make sure I'm hearing you correctly. Are you saying following this line of reasoning, it's possible that there still only might be 50 states when all said and done because New California will be taken over by, or the old California be taken over by New California personnel? No, there's going to be one more state. Mm-hmm. Um, there will be, we will we will resuscitate and bring back California. It'll stay, still be a state, it'll just be reduced to about six counties. Okay. Parts are Okay. That, uh, and then there'll be New California. Okay, so let's assume that uh, old California basically stays the same and there's no insurrection act and so forth and new california comes online and uh, we we being the conservatives win back the house maintain the senate have the have the president's office you know be, be the same basically trump's reelected. okay how will a new california impact national politics well drastically because you know california has the largest numbers of members of the house of representatives at 53 of any state We anticipate that New California will end up with 26 members of those 53, and we anticipate that of the electoral votes, there's 55, uh, New California will have at least 23 of those. So, and you know, if you take a look at what we're doing, it's rural versus urban, and the urbanized areas of California are clearly um, liberal and democratic, whereas the urbanized or rural areas of California are clearly Republican. That's a game changer. I mean, California, the you know, this whole issue of all the different uh, members of the assembly or the House of Representatives and, of course, the Electoral College goes away. It's now broken up. That is dramatic. I'm, yeah. I'm calculating the differences here right now. That would solidify a Republican majority. Absolutely. Forever. <laughs> 
Yeah, but I, I got to tell you, and I know you've addressed this, and I'll let you talk about that, but I'm worried about the pendulum swinging too far back the other way. In other words, too much Republican control will end up in fascism, in my humble opinion. Well, I want to check and balance is what I'm saying. Well, you know, that's right now we're we're into communism here. True, true. It's going to spawn like it's spawning right now. I mean, you have you have a socialist running for president who's going to, you know, and again, I'm all for being fair. And I was the first person out of the shoot about Bernie Sanders not being treated fairly here in California. I was all over this. And truly, he, he got screwed by the Democratic Party. But the bottom line is socialism is um, just one step away from communism. In California, we've enjoyed socialism for years, and right now we're entering into a state of communism. So that's what our response is, is that we've got to bring – the pendulum has gone so far on the other side uh, that we have to bring it back and bring it back now, else we will never bring it back. And it's going to spread like wildfire, the, the socialist communist mantra throughout the United States. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, I think you're absolutely right to look at it that way. I just hope that there's at least a multi-party system. See, I don't even like the right. U.S. two-party system. Too easy to control. Multi-parties are harder to control. And, right. Uh, but that's another discussion for another time. Um, okay, so we look at implementation. Um, it would seem like it's a bureaucratic nightmare to set up a 51st state that leaves a 50 sta- 50th state. Well... And um, you would think that I think that the bottom line to a, a lot of it is that as we mitigate all this, uh, after we get into the position where there's going to be the announcement by the um, the Congress to ha- sign up for an enabling act, and we get the Constitution straight away, I think it uh, what might look like a daunting, nightmarish administrative task is going to turn into something a lot easier. Um, over time with the red number. And of course, we have, you know, numbers of people that are willing to take all this on. Um, the the destruction of the state agencies, basically the bureaucracy, Cal- what people don't understand is that California is so dominated by its bureaucracies that there is no voice to be heard or, you know, utilized in the state capitol by the representatives, by your assembly members and Senate. There's just, you know, they don't matter at all. It's the California bureaucracy. And this has been something that's been set up for a long time and set up for failure, or at least uh, Republican failure, Republicanism failure, in that uh, back in 1879, when the California Constitution was first, uh, per, well, finalized, it was actually first written in 1850, then finally finalized by Congress in 1879, there was a provision in there that there must be a Republican form of government. There's another provision in there that the legislature would only meet once every two years for 60 days. Now, since then, what has happened is that California, and with the help of a court decision, Reynolds versus Sims, California meets now once every year for 11 months. Now, wait a minute. (laughs) Once every year for 11 months. Well, think about that. They're meeting and legislating new bills every day, whereas you know you would have because you have the open opportunity to have eleven months as a legislature. You, you know you're almost it's almost a demand that you justify your job and continue to write, write bills, regulations, and you know fees that go along with all those regulations to stay afloat. 
which is exactly what has happened. California, from a bureaucratic standpoint, has, has become the self-fulfilling prophecy that they said it would become in 1966 when they went, went to change the, the Constitution by way of Proposition 1A by Jess Unruh. And Proposition 1A was to bring about a, quote, are you ready for this, a more professional legislature in Sacramento. <laughs> 11 months out of each year, what could go wrong? Right? Oh, don't say That's those they, things when I'm taking a drink of water, please. <laughs> no, it's kind of it, it's kind of really talk about oxymoronic. Oh, wow. And so uh, they, they finally managed to get that one through in 1966. And, of course, we've been on this treadmill now of having a state legislature that is uh, really a monoparty system. It's communism, and they're passing laws like they any like they they can pass a, they can pass it or get a law introduced on Monday, and have it passed by noon and have it signed by the governor by four o'clock in the afternoon. That's what's going on. I mean, that's just outrageous. And so we put a stop to that. Absolutely, we put a stop to that in New California because we're going to only be meeting once every two years for two months and you know once what could go wrong I, I guess people could dream up laws and have 2,000 laws stacked up to be passed in two month period of course that could never happen you don't have the time to do it California proposed 2,300 laws last year and 1,600 of them got through well those laws are not those laws are designed to enslave people they're not in, designed to help people does, does your state legislature have trouble with the uh, American Legislative Exchange Commission getting pre-written legislation from globalists? You know, um, we haven't experienced that yet, but it, we're not going to have that happen. Mm-hmm. We're, the, our, we're, we, this is an awareness thing with our legislature. Um, and, of course, right now we're, we're, we, we're under the constant uh, visual uh, of uh, inspection on our own part because we're fledgling that we would never allow that opportunity to happen. Although we've had a, a few things that have happened, but we've been able to squelch them. But that's not going to happen in New California. I can tell that right now. Good. That's what I want to hear. Um, okay, so let's talk about the convention. It's coming up uh, this Thursday and Friday, the 28th and 29th. And uh, talk about the convention. What's going to go on and can people attend? So just you give just a general overview of what's happening. Well, the overview is that this is, this is the Constitutional Convention number six. We planned a series of six conventions, and we, we're now at number six. What's going to happen after this is that we're going to take up the, the writing of the Constitution, which will probably be in the fall of this year. I don't have a date. We'll, we'll make sure everybody knows what the date is, but it'll probably be in the fall. That's what our objective is. But in the meantime, what we have done to get to this point, like I said, is we've, we've um, declared independence on the, the 15th of, of January 2018. We've done 95 grievances over 96 weeks, which list out major complaints that we have about the state of California. And then um, we formed a government at a first constitutional convention in, uh, in Harris Ranch, California. We actually passed some resolutions then and then we met in our, our second, third, and fourth, and fifth constitutional conventions and passed additional res- resolutions, which are binding legal constitutional resolutions. The, the president, um, we sent them to the president because we were encouraging the president to support us, and they asked for uh, hard copies of each one of the resolutions. 
the most important resolution that's contained, of course, is the resolution about what happened with Virginia and the whole reshaping of the new restored government of Virginia after the Civil War started in 1861. And in that uh, conundrum, what happened was that Virginia recognized that there was probably going to be a civil war and recognizing that Virginia was probably going to want to go with the Confederacy set out in motion to create another state called West Virginia that was more in line with uh, Pennsylvania and Ohio thinking they did not want to be a slave state. So they went to convention in Wheeling, uh, um, West Virginia, now West Virginia, and they resolved that they would meet again if there was a possibility and declare themselves independents if there's a possibility that Virginia was going to break away and form in the Confederacy. Well, lo and behold, they did. Mm-hmm. And they did in a very surprising fashion. So West Virginia left the Union, and as a result, West Virginia was left high and dry to try and fend for itself to become a state. Well, in order to become a state, you know, they said, wait a minute, we have to satisfy Article 4, Section 3 of the Constitution that says that if you want to become a state, you have to be approved um, by basically the state that, from which you come from. And, uh, you know, so they had to be have approval and, and uh, work with the state legislature of West Virginia or Virginia. And they couldn't do it because Virginia was gone. So they uh, they appealed and they went to the Congress and Congress said, too bad, so sad, you're going to have to go ahead and, and art, satisfy Article 4, Section 3 of the Constitution. So they didn't know what to do, but finally in a meeting in, West, in Wheeling, West Virginia, Francis Pierpont stood up and said, I will become the, restore, the governor of the restored government of Virginia. Well, they didn't know how to take that. <laughs> like, what? Where do you get that? And, and all that. And he said, no, no. He said, Virginia has left us. We have to form the restored government. So what they did is they went to the Congress, and the Congress ter- told them no. So the next thing they did is they went to ask for help from the man they hated the most by the name of Abraham Lincoln, the president at the time, to help them become a state. Well, he helped them and got convinced the Congress to accept the restored government of Virginia as a legitimate government. And then as a result, um, Congress said, yes, you can be the restored government. Well, the West Virginians then went to the restored government of Virginia got approval to become a state, went on to Congress, and the Congress approved them by 1863 to become a new state. We're going to do the same thing here in California. If there, When there is an insurrection, we've already sent off a resolution to the president. Uh, much of the language contained in the document from Virginia is contained in our resolution, but we're requesting that the president allow us to become, or at least work with us in Congress, to allow us to become the restored government of California when there's an insurrection and when the California government is, 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 is dissolved. We will supply a governor, we'll supply a legislature, and we'll move on as the restored government of California. We sent that resolution to him by electronic mail, and uh, the White House asked for that resolution to be sent back in hard copy. That's, that copy is on his desk today. Well, I think that uh, <laughs> there's a lot to weave through still. Okay, let's talk about the conference itself. Can people still get tickets? People can still get tickets, and uh, you need to go to newcaliforniastate.com and click on the convention button. Mike Huckabee is going to be there in the afternoon for 
on Saturday afternoon. We're going to hear from Chris Ann Hall, the uh, originalist constitutionalist. She'll be there. Also, Agnes Giveney, the angel mom that you always hear so much about with um, Donald Trump. He'll, she'll also be there as uh, making a, a presentation. I'll be making a presentation, obviously, about the state of uh, New California. And also Chris Street, who's the, the financial guru who works with Peter Navarro, with President Trump, um, and projects all these different things that are happening in the financial world. And uh, he's been 100% accurate and position New California to be a, the position that it's in right now so it can become the 51st state. Very good. That's, uh, so walk me through the itinerary. So Thursday, Friday, uh, I mean, well, Friday, Saturday, excuse Friday. me. T- tell me what's going to happen Friday, Saturday. Well, Friday, Saturday, uh, we're going to start uh, the basically the Alex Madonna in exposition hall which is up the, the road up the hill actually from from the madonna inn will be opened up and uh, we'll have uh, you know people coming in to be received and then we'll be you know we have a lot of booths and things like that for people to look at then by uh, 555 we'll get ready for dinner and we'll sit down for dinner and um, we're going to be opening up with a number of speakers and, and they're basically kids they're a uh, college through uh middle school kids who are going to be talking to us about new california and the prospects about a new state which will be quite compelling then I chris think that's, ann awesome. Hall. that's awesome that's awesome yeah it's a great <laughs> touch um then chris ann hall is going to take it away for about an hour right. and talk about the constitution i'm sure you're familiar and maybe very. many of the listeners are familiar with chris ann hall chris ann hall is a i consider a very good friend she's been with us I've been, you know, u- utilizing her as a talent probably since 2011, her and her husband. And it's worked. I mean, it's just been fantastic. And now they're just crisscrossing the country all over the place. Um, that she'll, she'll give us a whole update on what's going on. And then on Saturday, we break out. We have a, our county. We actually have legislative meetings and meetings that would have to happen so that we can pass legislation. Um, so we're going to be uh, hearing from our county chairs and we're going to be hearing from our assembly members and our senators. And then uh, we'll hear from Mike Huckabee, excuse me, Chris Street will speak, I'll speak. And then uh, we'll lead into Agnes Gibney. She'll give a presentation about what she's doing. She's in the 31st Congressional District. And it's, it's kind of an interesting race that's going on. She decided to run, first of all, and she's gotten massive support. <laughs> and um, the Democrats on the other side are going, what is this all about? Uh, that Agnes Gibney has gotten all this support and people are coming out to her. It's really kind of, she's one of these Republicans. I said in California, California is going to take back 17 seats from the uh, House of Representatives and add on seven more seats that we already currently have, so 24 seats. That's, that's why I say in the case of New California uh, and California, vis-a-vis California, Donald Trump is going to win this state hands down. There's no doubt he's going to win it, and he's going to take the House uh, in the meantime. So, that's see, that's going to be the good thing for us. But after um, Agnes speaks, then, of course, Mike Huckabee speaks. He's going to be speaking for about 40, 45 minutes, and then we're going to go in and have pictures and meet and greet and all that good stuff. And then we're going to come out at the, after that and actually go through the whole process of the joint resolutions between the Assembly and the Senate. And that's going to be the time in which people are going to be exposed to what resolutions we pass and clearly what ordinances we 
we pass and get a clear indication about where New California stands legislatively um, with all the other 50 states of the union. Okay, let's, uh, so tell, tell me what the takeaway will be for the average person that comes. Well, if somebody comments to this, first of all, it's historic. This is the first time in our history that this has ever happened. You know, we hear all these people talking about the CONCON, Article 5, we're going to do this. You know, we're actually doing a convention, a state convention that's historic, that has not been done since 1861. We're actually doing it. There'll be probably about 700 to 800 people there viewing it and witnessing or participating in it. Um, this is the real deal. And uh, I think the takeaway will be very historic for people. We're already getting these people saying we're bringing our kids. We want them to be a part of this. It's really mm-hmm. exciting because they can see the trajectory that we've taken, the progress that we've made, and they can un- they understand what's happening. It's a very it's 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 really a pretty incredible experience for everybody, including me. I sometimes, like I said, I pinch my thighs every morning when I wake up and say, "Is this real?" <laughs> and it is. Okay, tell people how they can listen to your radio show. Well, our radio show. Agenda 21 Radio is um, found on Red State Talk Radio. It's a digital platform. It's also found on multiple stations around the United States. I can't. I don't even know who they are now. Um, but it comes on from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Monday through Friday. It plays throughout the day three or four times also. And for about uh, three hours, you get some of the best radio, I think, on the planet. Course, I'd like my own radio show, but <laughs> yeah, um, it's uh, become quite popular with a lot of people, and, and uh, we're very, very happy to be spreading the word about New California. That's good. I mean, you've done a nice marriage of the two things. So, uh, Governor, before we bid adieu, I mean, uh, Paul, before we Governor, bid adieu, wait a minute, excuse sir. me, slip of the tongue there. Okay, slip of the tongue. Uh, you forgot to mention one person is going to be there too, yours truly. I'm going to be there That's as a correct. member of the media. My wife and I and Nora are going to be there. We're going to be uh, hobnobbing and interviewing and getting you'll reactions. Be um, you'll be interviewing uh, a Governor Huckabee. That's for sure. Well, I'll be interviewing county chairs, and I'm, we're going to we're going yep. to stack the reports when we're there because this is history in the making. Paul, I got to tell you, this was fun, and I, I cannot wait. I'm counting the days. You know, we're coming in a day early just to have some fun in the area, but uh, we're we're. We're part of something historic, and my son wanted to go, but, uh, you know, he's a really good student, and he would miss a day of classes, and dad's a retired professor, so the answer was, go to class, son, go to class, I'll take pictures. But anyway, Paul, thanks for joining us, this has been terrific, and uh, to everybody else, you know, get on that website, Uh, get that website one more time, Paul. NewCaliforniaState.com, and click on 6th Constitutional Convention. Very good. Okay, my friend, hey, thanks for joining us. And ladies and gentlemen, if you see me there, come up and introduce yourself. Paul, I will see you on Friday. Awesome, Dave. Thank you very much. Take care. To everybody else, we'll see you back here next time.